Glory, 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 glory. Welcome to another episode of Grace and Faith Podcast. Thank you for joining in. And thank God for the opportunity to bring his word to you. I believe you'll be blessed by it. Amen, amen. Today, I'll be speaking on the topic, Mind Your Thought. Mind Your Thought. And I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Alright, so last episode, we looked at the topic, why did you doubt? And in that episode, we looked at the ways through which doubt would normally come into our mind or our heart. We've seen the difference, there's, there's a difference between having doubt in your mind or head and in your heart. And so we looked at how doubt would normally creep in. And we said basically there are two ways, either by hearing or saying something contrary to the word of God or by wrong thoughts. Now, even though those two ways are related and connected for the purpose of teaching, I separated them and then we looked at seeing or hearing something contrary to the word of God in the last episode and how to deal with it. Then I said in this, in the next episode, which is this episode, we'll be looking at the wrong thoughts. Okay, so I will encourage you, if you have not listened to the last episode, please find time to do so. It will bless you. So today we'll be looking at the wrong thought. And so basically, I've called the topic, Mind Your Thought. So Jesus said in the opening test, Take no thought. Take no thought. Um, if you read in the, that's the old King James Version. If you read the New King James Version, that phrase actually means do not worry. But I like the way the KJ, um, the KJV rendered it. Take no thought. It carries the idea that you can actually take a thought or reject a thought. And it's true. I, I think it was Kenneth Hagin that said, thoughts are like birds. You can't stop, a, you might not be able to stop a bird from flying over your head. But you will be able to stop a bird from building a nest on your head. So in other words, you might not be able to control the kind of thoughts that crosses your mind. But you can actually de uh, decide on which thoughts you will entertain and the one you will discard. It's really up to you. Okay, so the wrong thoughts... You can decide to entertain them or discard them. And really, you should discard them. You see, Bible has made it clear for us on the kind of thoughts that we should entertain. The kind of things that we should think upon. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, Paul speaking, he said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So, the things to think upon have been described already. So, whatever thought crosses your mind, you will need to pass them through this verse. Look at it. Is it true? Is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? 
Is it lovely? Is it of a good report? Is there any virtue? Is it praiseworthy? If it doesn't pass through this test, then you discard it. You don't entertain such thought. You don't hold on to such thoughts because such thoughts are able to affect your belief system negatively and it will determine what happens in your life. So the things to think upon will have to be true, will have to be honest, will have to be just, will have to be pure, will have to be lovely. I, I like the idea of lovely. Lovely. You know, we, we have been thought to think, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Fine, that might be okay to, uh, to a certain extent, you know, but it's, it's not of God to always think of the worst thing that can happen in every situation. Like you're always thinking something will go wrong, something will go wrong. That kind of mindset, having that kind of thought is not of God. It is not of God. Okay? So even if you're thinking, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen in a particular situation? As a believer, alright, you are not supposed to stop your thoughts in that or on that level. On that level of what's the worst thing that can happen? Don't stop your thoughts there. You have to think beyond that part. What do I mean? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 verse 17. Now this is the story or this is the account of Abraham when God asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac. I want you to pay attention to something. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, I'm reading from verse uh, from NIV, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, pay attention to this, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned, that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So, the worst thing that could have happened was that Abraham would sacrifice Isaac. But Bible said Abraham reasoned that beyond sacrificing Isaac, that God could raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So you can't afford to stop as a believer in that line of what's the worst thing that can happen. Reason beyond it that, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? This is what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Fine. But there's something beyond this. You must reason like that as a believer. Do you know one thing I found interesting in this passage? The first time that there was a record of God, a record of God raising the dead, can be found in 1 Corinthians 17 in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 17, when Elijah raised the son of the widow of Zarephath. So before that time, there has never been a record of God raising the dead. Yet, a man of faith by the name Abraham already conceived in his own mind that, see, God is able to raise the dead. What has never happened before? So he reasoned along the line of God's power. It could have been easier for him to believe God to give him another Isaac. I mean, he has seen God giving him a son at the age of 100. So he could have risen along the line. But no, he reasoned that God 
is able to raise the dead. They will understand what Paul meant when he said, Unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So we are to think according to God's power that is at work in us. We don't stop at what's the worst thing that can happen. We think beyond it. I know that God's power can work out something. Bible says God called out light out of darkness. That is our God. He brings light out of darkness. So we must think on that. That is how to think lovely stuff. You are thinking in the line of God's power. You are thinking in the line of God's power. So is it true? Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is it any virtue? Did you see that of good report? I remember the story of the spies that were sent to Canaan. Ten of them, Bible said that they came back with an evil report. Yes, they said what they saw. But you can't close the report like that. You have to end the report with what God has said. He alone has the final say. Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. That was what differentiated Joshua and Caleb from the remaining spies. Their final report was based on what God said. See, in the final analysis, you win. You will always win. Final analysis. Did you know how Bible described Caleb? In Numbers 14, Bible said he was of a different spirit. We are believers. We are of a different spirit. A sp- the, the spirit of faith. We, we don't think impossibilities. We don't think impossibilities. We think possibilities. We don't live in denial of what we can see. We have already established that. But we live by the word of God which is ever true. We live by faith and not by sight. So yes, it can seem as if uh, the situation situation is awful, is terrible. There is no better way to say it. But we, we, we don't conclude that that is all. That's not the final thing. We believe in a God that turns around situations for good. You know what Joseph told his brothers when they finally met him as the prime minister? He told them, he said, you meant it for evil. But God turned it around for good. That is our God. That is my God. That is your God. He knows the perfect way to turn things around for good. So in the worst situation, in the worst events, we think beyond that and we see the God that turns things around for good. You are not living in denial. Oh, there's you're feeling pain in your body. Fine, you're not denying it. But you know that there's a power of God that is at work in you, bringing healing. And so beyond the pain, you are seeing the power of God that is at work in you. And so we think upon these things, upon the power of God that is at work in us, upon the fact that God knows how to turn things around for our good, upon the fact that God calls light out of darkness. These are things that are true. They are noble. They are just, pure, lovely, good reports of virtue and praiseworthy. We think upon these things. 
all right now there's another point there's, there's another aspect of minding our thoughts that we need to look into and that is where when things go wrong we think we have also done something wrong not necessarily so that something went wrong or didn't go as planned doesn't mean you have done something wrong in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6 is a story popular story of paul and silas i'm just going to read a few verses and then i'll summarize the rest Acts 16 verse 6 paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of phrygia and galicia having kept by the holy spirit from preaching the word in the province of asia when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had the vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul wanted to go to different cities, but the Holy Spirit would not allow him. Then finally was led by the Holy Spirit to go into Macedonia. They had the vision and then was convinced by his, in his spirit and then they went into Macedonia. They had a great time there but something happened. They cast out the spirit of divination from a small girl and that led them to be jailed. Paul and Silas were taken as prisoners and they were jailed. Now when they got into the prison, they didn't ask themselves, ha, huh, did God send us here? You know, Silas didn't ask Paul, Brother Paul, are you sure you actually saw a vision? Are you sure it wasn't a symptom of malaria? <laughs> you know, they didn't doubt. They didn't entertain the thoughts of the, uh, that they have done something wrong. That was why they were in that position. No, they didn't. What did they do? Bible said they prayed and they sang praises to God. What happened? There was a miracle. Let me quickly chip this in. It wasn't that Paul prayed that they prayed. Prayer didn't work, and and then they praised. Praise worked. No. If prayer aren't working, praise aren't going to work. Paul simply practiced the things he thought. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So Paul simply prayed and gave thanks to God. That was exactly what they did. And then the miracle happened. We should actually take a cue from that. That when we find ourselves in a situation that is not so good, not so lovely, we shouldn't try to find fault with ourselves. Don't try to start checking yourself, I've done something wrong. Hey, I must have missed God. I must have done this. I must have. That will allow doubt, fear, and anxiety to creep in. What should you do? Pray. What should you do? Give thanks when you pray. Believe God. And then you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't always think that you've done something wrong when things go wrong. Alright? You are in a fallen world and the devil is still out there. And it's going to use people that will yield to him to stop us, to, to be an hindrance, to be an obstacle. So you pray, thank God, and stand in faith at all times. Alright? And even if, if you have done something wrong, and you've gotten yourself into a mess, God's mercies are ever sure. And his mercies will come through for you as his own child. Look at Philippians 2. Paul spoke about one of his companions by the name Epaphroditus in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 25. I'm going to read it quickly to verse 30. He says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, 
who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of thy needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. He was, indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Let me jump to verse 30. He said, because he almost died for the work of Christ, he risked his life to make up for the help you yourself could not give me. So Epaphroditus was doing the work of the Lord. However, he neglected his body, and that made him sick, even a sickness unto death. But Paul said God had mercy on him. And so there was healing for him. And so you could have gotten yourself into a mess. Don't beat yourself down. Don't condemn yourself. God's mercy can reach you where you are and it will bring you out of it. Paul described God as the father of mercies. The father of mercies. And you are his child. You are deserving of his mercy. So whatever wrong you've done, whatever mess you are in, don't let the devil sell the light to you that you have to pay for it. Thank God the Lord Jesus paid. And thank God that he has made God's mercy available to us. All you need to do is to open your hands and open your heart and receive God's mercy. And say, Father, thank you for your mercy. Because your mercy comes true for me. So I pray for you that whatever mess that you are in, whether it was by your own doing or not, I pray that God's mercies will bring you out. In the name of our Lord Jesus, whatever you might have done wrong that has made you to lose some things, you've lost some things, I pray that God's mercies will bring a restoration to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus, if it, is, if it was time that you have lost, I pray that the Lord will cut the times short, the seasons short for you by His mercies. In the name of our Lord Jesus, and you will recover the times and the seasons. In the name of our Lord Jesus, there is restoration on every side. You will enjoy God's grace, God's peace, and God's mercy. In the name of our Lord Jesus, God's favor is upon you. And it finds expression. In the name of our Lord Jesus, you are blessed of the Lord. You are an object of God's mercy. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Alright, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I believe that you have been blessed. Thank God for His Word and His Spirit. Let's catch up again next week Sunday. Cheers. Mm-hmm.